Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones. And yes, I am adjusting my camera. And yes, I am the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank y'all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints, no matter where you are, wherever you may be. Thank you so much for allowing the State of the Saints podcast to be a part of your viewing or listening pleasure. Uh, man, it is a beautiful day outside. I know y'all seen them raise the sun out there behind me man and it means one thing right your boy going to the beach this afternoon i can tell you that right now so this is going to be a quick show but we're going to be talking a little bit about Derek carr man uh Derek carr saints fans it, it, we 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 didn't drunk it in we have adjusted to it Derek carr is now the new starting quarterback of the new orleans saints he has the big hundred million dollar deal he got a hundred million dollar guarantee he got $70 million at signing and all these different things. They pretty much summed it up and said Derek Carr is our guy. The Saints have been going after Derek Carr. They're the only team that wanted to see him uh, to negotiate trade negotiations, whatever. And they got their guy. So here we are. You know, I I've heard a lot of people talking about Derek Carr. Some people are for this. Some people are against this. But we have to answer the question. What is the question, TJ? Well, I'm glad you asked with that nation. The question is, can Derek Carr lead the Saints to the Super Bowl? But I can tell you one person that don't believe it, that ain't buying the hype, and I'm talking about my guy, Matt Moscona of After Further Review. Matt Moscona on yesterday's edition of After Further Review Gave his opinion on Derek Carr. I know that last season, Derek Carr finished with 3,522 passing yards. That was the third lowest mark of his career. He had 24 touchdowns and 14 interceptions, tied for the most in a single season of his career. He completed 60.8% of his passes. That was the lowest in his career. He had an 86.3 uh, passer rating, also a career low. And that was after 
They added Devontae Adams. Yeah, the Devontae Adams, who was Carr's college teammate, best friend, and oh, by the way, happened to be arguably the best receiver in the NFL, playing with Aaron Rodgers, decided to go to Las Vegas to play with his best friend, and Carr had the worst season of his career. Oh, he wasn't. When I look at the New Orleans Saints with Derek Carr, they are not winning a Super Bowl. They're going to be the best team in a bad NFC South. They'll probably make the wild card and lose in the wild card round. And some of you may say, great. Look, they were above 500. They won the division. They went to the playoffs. That's way better than watching a 3-14 and football team. And I agree with you. In a single-season vacuum, watching a team go 10-7 and and make the playoffs and losing the wild card round is better than watching a team go 3-14. and But did that 10-7 and actually get you closer to winning a championship? And I don't believe that's the case with Derek Carr. So as you all can see, man, Matt Moscona does not believe that Derek Carr can lead the Saints to the Super Bowl. And he he's not the only person, okay? He's not the only person that believes that. First off, shouts out to Matt Moscona. And I encourage everybody who has not checked out that video to please go to After Further Review on YouTube and finish it up. It's probably about 12 minutes long. This is just a little snippet of what he actually said. So I want to make sure that it's put into context. I know sometimes we take little clips and stuff like that and people don't get the whole thing. I wasn't going to put the entire thing on there because I want to make sure that everybody goes to After Further Review and check it out, hear what Matt Muscona had to say. Anybody that knows Matt knows that he keeps it real, he keeps it 100. He he marches to the beat of his own drum and he is my favorite radio personality out there, especially covering uh, Louisiana sports. No disrespect to anybody. Everybody is good in their own way. But to me, he's he's just on another level when it comes to his storytelling, uh, his timing. He is what I aspire to be one day. But anyway, can Derek Carr lead the Saints to the Super Bowl? In my honest opinion, can it happen? Absolutely. Here, here's the thing. I think when people look at quarterbacks, and I I talked about this on a a few episodes of this show, when people look at quarterbacks, they look at, are you the guy or are you not the guy? And we look at the Mahomes, right? We look at the Josh Allens. We look at the Joe Burrows. And we put these guys on this high pedestal. And we know for a fact that those guys can lead their team to the promised land this in, in spite of any situation that they go through. For example, if the Kansas City Chiefs have an average defense, Patrick Mahomes still can do enough to lead those guys to the AFC Championship game. How do I know that? Because I have seen the Kansas City Chiefs statistically be in the middle of the pack, and yet they found themselves in the AFC Championship game, even in the Super Bowl in that game versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, in my honest opinion, their defense wasn't that good. I'm talking about Kansas City. We've seen Joe Burrow, right? Offensive line look like slow. He got sacked nine times in the divisional round, not this year, but last year versus the Tennessee Titans, and he still willed his team to win. When we see stuff like that, we say, if if my guy doesn't look like this, then they don't have what it takes to make it to the Super Bowl. And that is not true, okay? For every Joe Burrow, there's a Jimmy Garoppolo 
who is handing the ball off time after time again and throwing the ball 10 times in the NFC Championship game versus Green Bay and going to the Super Bowl. For every Patrick Mahomes, there's a Nick Foles who is a backup quarterback who was thrust into the starting spot and led his team to the Super Bowl and became a Super Bowl MVP, all right? For every uh, Aaron Rodgers, there is a Rex Grossman who was led by a defense back in 2006 that beat the New Orleans Saints in the NFC Championship game but lost to the coach, but he still was in the Super Bowl. I say that to say this. You don't need to be elite to go to the Super Bowl. In spite of what everybody thinks, contrary to popular belief, if you have a good team around you, you can make the Super Bowl. There, there's two questions that you need to ask. Is Derek Carr good enough to lead the Saints to the Super Bowl by his talent and his ability? Absolutely not. Is Derek Carr good enough? And can he hold up enough that the Saints defense can help him out in some games? The running game can help him out in some games. They can get a turnover to in some games. Absolutely. Okay. There is two ways that you can look at it. And I think a lot of people, when they judge quarterbacks, they're looking at what that person is, what that player is made out of, and can they get their team there? But like I said, for every elite quarterback that's out there that leads their team to the Super Bowl because of their ability and their undying will to be the absolute best on the field, game in, game out, week in, week out, there is a guy like Rex Grossman who can throw six interceptions against the Arizona Cardinals that gives us, y'all remember that, right? The famous Danny Green speech, the Bears are who we thought they were, and they let him off the hook. Six turnovers in that game, right? And they still went to the Super Bowl at the end of the day. So can the Saints get there? Absolutely. But I kind of feel the same way. I don't think it's just going to be on the shoulders of Derek Carr. Are you a better offense today than you were last year around, you know, around this time because of who you had at quarterback? No disrespect to Jameis Winston. In my opinion, yes. Yes, they are. No disrespect to Andy Dalton. Yes, they are. Can the Saints get over 19 points a game with Derek Carr as their quarterback? Absolutely. Do I feel like Derek Carr can allow some of these players that we have seen emerge in their rookie year, like a Shahid, like a Chris Olave, can he help those guys take the next step? Absolutely. Can, can Derek Carr maybe convince uh, Michael Thomas, who probably will, will probably would be on his way out the door if the Saints didn't make this move to stay or maybe consider doing more business with the New Orleans Saints than he probably would have been thinking about last week or week after that? Absolutely. Okay? Like it or not, Derek Carr is a respected quarterback. Now, a lot of people feel this way about Derek Carr. They feel like, and I've heard this, but they feel like he is a little bit more of an advanced Andy Dalton. I don't think I believe that. But you played nine seasons. You went to the playoff, what, as a starter once, right? You didn't win. 
be that as it made a team you lost to went to the Super Bowl. So I don't know if I don't know if you should get credit for that or not. Right. You lose to a team that end up being in the Super Bowl and a couple plays away from actually winning the Super Bowl. I don't know. But all I know is you've been in the league this long and you only have one playoff appearance. Now, there are some elements around that that you have to take into consideration. Right. And I also feel like sometimes we try to throw dirt on these quarterbacks without really understanding or trying to accept the circumstance. For example, Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, all those years in Detroit, putting up those 5,000-yard seasons, uh, throwing for 30-plus touchdowns, but nobody thought that he was good enough to be a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. But he is. And you can't say, oh, he was led by the defense because sometimes in some of those games, in crucial situations, Matthew Stafford had to make the throw to win the game. Case in point, the divisional round versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he threw a pass down the field, the Cooper Cup, to set up a Matt Gay go-ahead field goal in order for them to go to the NFC Championship game. So all I'm saying is, can Derek Carr alone with his skill set, lead the Saints to the Super Bowl? No, I don't believe that. But if Derek Carr, with his skill set alone, with some other elements around him, yes, I think the Saints can make the Super Bowl. Okay, that's 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 just my that's my honest opinion. I'm not looking at Derek Carr like Mahomes. I'm not looking at Derek Carr like Burrow. I'm not looking at Derek Carr like Aaron Rodgers. I'm not looking at him like Tom Brady. I'm not looking at him like that because that's what we do, right? We measure what we have up against the absolute best. And just because you're not the absolute best does not mean that there's not a place for you, right? I mean, I think about legendary guys like basketball players. I don't want to say legendary, but role guys like Kyle Korver, right? Kyle Korver isn't going to light up the league. He's not going to lead the league. And, you know, and points, right? You know, like, you know, back in the day, but Kyle Corver, you dish it out, he'll make a three for you, right? And sometimes if he get hot, he ain't going to miss. He might go for 24. And that's cool. Everybody can't be LeBron. Everybody can't be Ja. Everybody can't be Zion, right? But you still got some guys that can make some things happen, right? I mean, that's, that's just the way that it goes. And Derek Carr, to me, is that guy. You know what I'm saying? You, you, he still can do some things to help your team win. And in certain situations, he can win games for you. The guy has 33 come from behind victories in his career. You can poo-poo on that all you want to. Now, you can say 33, that's quite a bit. How did he get 33? That tells you a lot, right? Is one, maybe the team isn't that good around him. For you to be able to facilitate 33 game winning drives right that means that the games had to be nip and tuck at least 33 times throughout your entire career so that tells you right there maybe the team isn't doing what it needs to be done or you know you're finding yourself in this situation way more too often than other guys do seriously so i'm not i'm not looking at Derek carr like he's the savior of new orleans but i am looking at Derek carr like a guy that if he holds up right and the Saints can replicate some of the defensive performances we've seen over the last couple of years, combined with a better running game, combined with a better offensive line, 
combined with better pass rush, I feel like the Saints can get there. It's a team game. Football is a team game. It's not like basketball to me. Basketball, you can have one or two players on a team and you can go to the NBA Finals because of those two players. It's not like that in football. A guy like Michael Thomas can catch three touchdowns in a game and the Saints can still lose. Derek Carr can throw for 350 yards and the Saints can still lose because the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed that day. The defense can be unstoppable one game, but if the offense don't generate points, you can still lose. It is the ultimate game. And I think that people look at football like it's made for guys that can put for individual performances and they can just lead their team somewhere. Like, that's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen, man. So it is a team game. So if you put the right team around him, I feel like they can get the they can get the job done. But I do feel like I do agree with what Matt is saying because I understand what Matt is saying alone, based on his skill set, based on his ability, based on his skills, he can't get you there. And I agree with that. I have no problem with that whatsoever. It is a team game. Remember that, folks. It is a team game. Let's go ahead and read some of your comments. Like I said, it's going to be a quick show, folks. Just wanted to put that out there uh, and uh, let you all know how I feel about that. And shouts out once again to Matt Moscona. Subscribe to After Further Review. Make sure that y'all check out the entire video because uh, he he was, uh, man, he was hitting some really good points there. Says elite encrypted posts are okay sometimes, but come to time to adjust uh, your stick. You know, uh, speaking <laughs> and playing vernacular sometimes. No one is, uh, is in your mind, and many don't know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, yeah, from time to time, he, he kind of loses us, but I'm glad that he's here. Shouts out to him. Purple Knight says, facts. Uh, Cry says, shouts out to Bobby, man. Bobby, where you been at, man? Says, uh, get in the playoffs first. Saints still have other holes uh, to address. I agree with that, and that's going to be for another show, but I will talk about it for a few minutes. I still feel like the Saints need help on the offensive line and I know people getting tired of it, but spare me. Okay. Spare me the whining and boohooing. The reality is this team needs help on the offensive line. These guys have been, they, they've been, I don't, man, I hate to say it, but I gotta say it. They have been injury prone over the last couple of years. We cannot have consistent offensive line play and we have not had our entire offensive line intact probably for like three years. If if uh, one guy comes back, then the other guy is out. It's like they tagging in and out, right? They need help on the offensive line. Miss me with this stuff about, oh, we keep on drafting offensive line. We keep drafting offensive line. Here's the reality. It's not the fact that the Saints are drafting offensive linemen that's bothering some of you. It's the fact that they are offensive linemen that's bothering you. The offensive line is a boring position. It's not flashy. It's, it's, it's not the injigba spits, right? It, it's not it, it's not the, you know, the, the C.J. Strauss. It's not the, the Bryce Youngs. It's not the Will Levises. It's not the Anthony Richardsons. It's not the guys that we're seeing in the combine that everybody's hooping and hollering about. That is the biggest issue. It's not a problem. Because if you look at how the Saints were drafting on the offensive line, who you got a problem with? Seriously, who do you have a problem with on the offensive line? Okay, you had problems with Caesar Oes, 
I can understand that, but the light seems to be coming on for him before he ends up getting injured. Ryan Ramchek is an all-pro talent at the right tackle position. Eric McCoy is one of the best centers in the league. Then you have, you know, Trevor Penning, who's showing you a lot of promise and being that dog that we've been missing on the offensive line for I don't know how long. So why would you have a problem with the offensive line? Why would you have a problem with the New Orleans Saints drafting an offensive lineman? If you need help on the offensive line, then get it. I mean, did y'all not see that Alvin Kamara was spending more time in the backfield than the quarterback trying to run the football, running into the back of the offensive line because they couldn't they couldn't push the defensive lineman back? And y'all okay with that? And y'all mad because they trying to get offensive linemen? They're trying to correct the situation? Man, miss me with that. The biggest issue that most Saints fans have, well, I won't say most, some of you have, is the fact that you just don't find the offensive line position attractive. It's not sexy, right? It's not nothing to write home about. You're not spending hours at a time on Twitter talking about offensive linemen, but they're necessary. Don't believe me? I don't care how good Derek Carr is. I don't care how good Patrick Mahomes is. I don't care how good Joe Burrow is. If you don't have a good offensive line, your quarterback is not going to be able to sustain a 17-game season, and you're not going anywhere. So if you don't get it right on the offensive line, then guess what? All of this stuff about Derek Carr, all of this stuff about the running game, all this stuff about winning the division, possibly going to the playoffs, wipe your hands with it because it's not happening. The Saints need help on the offensive line. Andrews Pete needs to go, period. He has been injured over the last couple of years, and the fact that he has been in and out of the lineup, and at times he's looked as soft as cottonell tissue. I'm sorry. I like Andrews Pete. I got a lot of respect for his run-blocking ability, but let's just call a spade a spade. The dude has not been what the Saints need him to be. And the fact is the Saints sometimes – don't like to admit when they make mistakes. So they double down on the foolishness. I, I, I say that all the time. They double down on the foolishness to make it seem like we know what we were doing. Andrews Pete has not been upright. Andrews Pete at times has not lived up to that first round tag that he got back in, 20, in 2012. It is time to move on. My suggestion, and I said this, and I will continue to say this, I feel the Saints need to draft a tackle in the first round. Now, if you want to go with uh, the guy out of Florida, the guard out of uh, um, out of Florida, Osiris, you know, Osiris Torrance. I'm not, I don't have a problem with that. If you want to get a tackle, right, um, you know, like a guy like a Perry Johnson, like I mentioned, who I don't feel is going to be there, but I like him a lot. Good dude. But if you want to get a guy like that and move Trevor Penning to the inside, I ain't got no problem with that either. Seriously, I said this. Everything about Trevor Penning to me just screams guard. I feel like, to me, Trevor Penning with his mean streak, his ability, his athleticism, the way that he finished plays, he could be talked about the way that we talk about uh, Jason Kelsey or Lane Johnson. He's that type of guy. I just feel like sometimes when you're going up against some of those hybrid edge rushers, it gives them fits. Now, he got better as time went on, and he's a mauler when it comes to the run blocking. But I feel like if you put him on the inside, somebody's going to have a problem. And you put an athletic left tackle on the outside that has a little bit better footwork and be able to push those guys back, 
guess what? I feel like the Saint, that opens up opportunities for the Saints to be able to run the football, and it gives Derek Carr more time to be able to find these wide receivers down the field. I, I mean, all this stuff about offensive linemen, and oh, they always draft offensive linemen. Why we always got to get offensive linemen? Because they need offensive linemen. Offensive linemen is, uh, is the, one of the most important positions on the field. And if you are one of those people that are criticizing the Saints, drafting guys in the first round, don't be crying around week three, week four, when the offensive line is, is getting shred through like cheese and these edge rushers are getting there. Miss me with that. Because you were the same person that's talking about, hey, man, they need to draft something else. Why do they need to draft something else? Do they need to draft something else because they really need it? More important than the offensive line or the fact that you just want somebody that you just feel like, I don't know, had a really good combine or something. I don't care, man. Offensive line is extremely important. I say this because here's the reality. If you've been following the NFL draft, if you've been following what's been going on, this is a really deep draft for edge rushers, defensive ends, defensive tackles. You can still find a guy with the 40th pick. I say the 40th pick because we already know more than likely the Saints aren't going to be drafting a quarterback in the first two rounds. It would be an absolute shock if the Saints use 29 or 40 to try to get a quarterback. You can still get yourself a quality edge rusher. You can still get a quality defensive tackle in the second round. When you start when you start going into the second and the third round when it comes to offensive linemen, it's kind of like you taking a flyer. First round picks, you got a better chance of having a guy that can be a cornerstone player for the next five to ten years on your roster. So to me, I'm going offensive line. All right. I don't care about if a guy ain't got a name. I don't care if I gotta keep on looking at ESPN or or, or, or you know, or going to Wikipedia to find out who a guy is. I don't care. It's about winning, folks. And sometimes we may not like how winning looks, and we may not understand how winning looks. But guess what? You have to be able to do what's right for your team, period. So that's the way I feel about the offensive line. I feel like it's necessary. Let's Let's improve the offensive line. So we can, I don't know, maybe score more than 19 points a game. Wouldn't Don't you want that, right? Don't you want to score 19 points a game? Well, we need wide receivers. Well, guess what? You can go out there. You can get the second coming of Randy Moss. You can get the second coming of T.O. You can get Michael Thomas replica if you want to. But guess what? If you don't have time to throw these guys to football, nobody will know how special those guys are. And it all starts with the offensive line. So keep that in mind for all my people out there that's complaining that the Saints draft an offensive line in the first round consistently. It's about getting it right, not about just trying to make you happy and tweeting so you can tweet all day to your friends and say, look who I got. I've been hearing that all my life. If you don't, if you don't have good line, don't care. If Brady back there, you can't win. If you're on the ground, ask Derek Carr. Brother, he knows in Houston. Yep, David Carr, tell him. He'll tell him. Derek David Carr got sacked 72 times in his rookie season, right? 72 times. He got sacked over 100 times in the first three seasons of his career. So if you don't have an offensive line, I don't care who you got. You can have Derek Carr. You can have David Carr. You can have Antoine Carr. For all my OGs out there, y'all know who that is. You can have whoever you want. If you don't have an offensive line, you ain't going nowhere. 
and your quarterback will not be able to perform up to the best of their ability because there are two things that's going to happen. They're not going to be able to get the ball to the receivers or they're going to end up getting hurt, period. So what do you want? You, ra- you rather draft the offensive lineman or you rather just don't draft the offensive lineman because you're tired of looking at offensive linemen and watch your quarterback get killed? Somebody please tell me. I think you prefer the latter. Uh, well, the first choice. Uh, TJ, what uh, what you uh, – let me see. What you know about pinning at guard and getting another left tackle? I already mentioned that, man. I, I just feel like it, it's it'll be more of a comfortable position for Trevor Penning. You know, I think that Trevor Penning, his his mental makeup, his ability, his skill set would be more suited at guard. Some people say, well, he never played guard before. He has he has the talent and ability to do that. I've, I've seen him in jumbo packages. I've seen him do all these different things, you know, being thrust into the Saints offense. I think that if you give him a few months, I think that he would be a really good guard, if you ask me. I, I really believe that. Uh, I still think the Saints uh, should take Hendon Hooker either later in the second round or third round if he falls there. Well, look, I like Hendon Hooker a lot. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that I would prefer for the Saints to be able to draft him. But based on based on this decision with Derek Carr, based on the money, based on the commitment that they gave to him, I mean, a guy like Hendon Hooker would have to be able to and be willing to sit for at least about three or four years. And around that time, you're looking at him being about 29 or 30 years old. And that's a quarterback's kind of, you know, real true physical prime right there, right? So I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. I don't know if they're going to do it. To me, it's going to sound crazy, but he he got he got Carolina written all over him. You know, like he do. He got Carolina written all over him. Uh, he got... He got Denver written all over him. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be some team like that, uh, that that's going to be able to pick him up. Now, Carolina might end up drafting a quarterback early, like a Will Levis, like a C.J. Stroud, somebody like that. But let's just say, for example, if they didn't want to go that route and, you know, they decide to draft Hendon Hooker, I have enough belief in Frank Wright that in Frank Wright's hands, Hendon Hooker can be a really good quarterback. And I also believe that, you know, if he was to fall to like a the third round or something like that, the Broncos can be able to pick him up and he can be a backup for, you know, Russell Wilson. And we know what Sean Payton can do with that type of skill set. So in my honest opinion, you know, I, I think that it's probably not going to happen because I think that the New Orleans Saints, they're about optics. And I just feel like they're going to try to make things comfortable for Derek Carr Drafting a guy in the second round, to me, is kind of like an indication like, you know, we want you here, but we don't really trust you all the way. I, I mean, case in point, look at the Philadelphia Eagles, right? They they gave Carson Wentz that big-time contract, but they still drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round, right? Yeah, we gave you the money, but – yeah, you know, we still going to draft this quarterback just in case. And as y'all can see, Carson Wentz doesn't have a home right now. And uh, Jalen Hurts is the guy who just led the Philadelphia Eagles to the Super Bowl. So sometimes, you know, it's about the optics, right? And I just think that the Saints want to 
show Derek Carr that they are fully committed to him. And when you start drafting guys in the first and second round, that doesn't scream commitment. You know, that's the reason why Green Bay is in the position they're in right now, because Aaron Rodgers is still upset that they drafted Jordan Love a couple of years ago, right? He, he's still upset about that. So there you go. Sometimes you got to be careful about those type of things. It rubs these quarterbacks the wrong way. They Some of them are extremely emotional, and they don't know how to handle that. Uh, it's a win-win. DA has everything he needs, his staff, and a, a quarterback competitive roster. It puts up or shut up. Uh, <clears throat> he will prove us wrong which is a win, or we fall flat and he's fired, which is a win. Well, look, the ultimate goal is for them to win. I'm not, I'm not rooting for Dennis Allen to fail. I know I make <laughs> I know I make funny videos about him and all that kind of stuff there. You know, I just do that for content and and you know entertainment purposes, but I don't want to see this dude fail now, right? I mean, towards the end of the season, I'm not gonna lie to you, last four games of the season. When I realized that the Saints had absolutely no chance to make the playoffs, I'm not. I was kind of like, man, maybe if they lose a little bit, this, this dude can go. But now when we see that they're fully committed to this guy, and it just seems like to me there's no sign of the Saints losing confidence in him. We have no choice but to try to root for this guy because he is our favorite team's coach. So, you know. Uh, that there it goes you know like hopefully they can figure it out hopefully these new coaches that he bring in uh instill a level of confidence in these players uh maybe you know it, it instills confidence in him to feel like the actual leader I, I mentioned this before a lot of the guys that were on the coaching staff last year were Sean Payton guys they kind of just stayed around probably because you know they you know it's a job uh some of them probably seen some of the situations that was going on with the Saints and you know when things start going bad you know we start looking at folks and we start measuring them up versus us and we like man maybe i can do better than him you know and you have those whispers and you know the backstabbery is there especially if especially if uh you know you you're not really committed to that person you're you're there because somebody else brought you in and now that person isn't there anymore so yeah so now that he has his guys and these guys know who the coach is and they respect his position a little bit more than probably some of those other guys who probably felt like, you know, I, I'm here because of showing not you. Maybe that, that can be, you know, an incentive and maybe that can be something that's helpful because these guys understand the, the actual pecking order because they know that D.A. is the coach. And I think, you know, not the fact that those guys didn't respect Dennis Allen's position or the coaching position last year. But once again, these are the guys you appointed versus the guys you didn't appoint. You just kind of, you know, right there and they just kind of plugged you in and just kept everything the same. So here, there, there you go. Let's see. Uh, Ravens just uh, franchise tag Jackson. Don't be surprised if he comes to one of the teams in the South when testing the market. Well, it depends on what type of tag they put on him, right? Now, if they put like there's there's different types of tags, right? There's a tag where you can't talk to a team, right? That you 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 don't talk to a team. You basically, you know, get like the average of you know the you know the top quarterbacks in the league or the top positions, you know, in the league that that you play. And then there's the one you know where you can negotiate with other teams. You can see what they will be willing to give you. 
and it gives your team opportunity to match that. Now, I don't know if they actually gave him, you know, <laughs> I don't know if they gave him a, a, you know, a tag like that. My point, my my question is, why would you give somebody a tag like that with that type of skill set and you're trying to negotiate a deal? Why would you want him to go out the door and price himself out of the realm of possibility for your team? I don't know. But, hey, TJ, uh, the need uh, the Saints to draft a tailback in the draft or in free agency when Kamara faces multiple uh, games on suspension for the fight. If they don't, I don't think they will be sorry. Well, Paul, look, regardless to what happens to Alvin Kamara, they still need to draft a running back because you still need somebody that is going to be a compliment to Alvin Kamara. Now, there's some guys out there. There's Eric Gray out of Oklahoma. There's uh, Kenny McIntosh, who I like a, a, a lot, out of uh, Georgia. You got uh, Jameer Gibbs, uh, you know, Jameer Gibbs. You got him out of Alabama who kind of has the same similar skill set of that of Alvin Kamara. So you still need to go that route regardless of what happens to him. Now, I do feel like you need to be able to compensate for the loss of Alvin Kamara because regardless, I would, well, I'll put it like this. I would be shocked if he doesn't miss any games. Right. So to me, you have to make up somehow, right? For his skill, for his, the skills that he has, his abilities, right? So to me, I think that the best fit would be Gibbs from Alabama or Kenny McIntosh. Now, if I'm judging between the two, I would roll with Kenny McIntosh because Kenny McIntosh is a three down back and he is above average when it comes to pass protecting. So that is a plus, right? Because you you normally don't see rookies coming in that are really good at pass protecting. It's something that they have to develop and get better at. And no disrespect to Alvin Kamara, but he's not the best when it comes to pass protecting. That's why sometimes like some of those other guys got to come in on third down. But you have a guy like Kenny McIntosh who can catch the ball out of backfield, who can run in between the tackles and also give you that element that you may need, right? And when Alvin comes back, that's a really good one-two punch. So that's that's the route I think they should go. They should, regardless, re, they shouldn't just be looking at Alvin. Even if Alvin Kamara wasn't facing suspension or what's going on in Las Vegas, I still feel like you should be drafting a running back at, at this point because you didn't, look, it's, it's pretty obvious that you need a running back, right? You went out there and got Benjamin. You went out there and got David Johnson. You You went out here and got, you know, uh, Latavius Murray. You got all these different guys that you tried to bring in. You brought, you know, Mark Ingram was out there. And it just seems like you just did not, you you were not comfortable with the running back position. So just draft a running back. Just draft a running back. It, it's, it's better for your bottom line and it's better for the future of the team. Vito, thank you very much for the 499. Said they busted, uh, they busted Tay Lamar Jackson. It's going to be two first rounders if he signs somewhere else exactly so you know why would you even tag him if you want him to negotiate with another team now that just seems to me like they want to make sure that they they keep him in house and they get this deal done i'm gonna read a few more and then we're gonna go ahead and get up out of here folks uh let's see do we allow marcus davenport to walk cam is 34 and peyton turner has shown very little and stays injured Marcus Davenport needs to go. 
That simple. Like, man, you had about five years in order for us to actually see your full potential. You had a half a sack. And, you know, you got all this talent and all this ability, but I ain't seen it. I ain't seen it because you spend most of the time, you know, rehabbing from injuries. And I understand this. This this is unfortunate. It's unfortunate. That's the way that football is sometimes. Doesn't matter how talented you are. Sometimes the, the injury guards, the injury guys are just cruel to you. And they have been cruel to Marcus Davenport. But I just think that the project known as Marcus Davenport needs to exit stage left. Peyton Turner, he's on the clock right now. I'm not saying that he's a bust. I just think that it's too early in his career. But he's looking very bussy, right? You know, like you're missing two years. There was opportunities where you could actually play you healthy scratch. You're a healthy scratch. I mean, you you running you running the you you towing the line of bustivity. You know, what I'm saying? <laughs> you towing the bustivity line. <laughs> Seriously, but Marcus Davenport needs to go. It's time for us to. It's time for the Saints to try to find that pass rushing. Me personally, I would resign Carl Grandison. I like what I saw. Carl Grandison, if you being honest with yourself. Carl Granderson has been better in a Saints uniform than Marcus Davenport. So to me, I would sign back Granderson. I would probably try to draft a interior lineman. I would try to work out a deal with Dave Yamada, and then that rookie can go alongside him. You're probably going to have somebody like Shy Tuttle or Malcolm Roach probably go out there and try to find other teams. Like I said, this is a deep draft for edge rushers, defensive tackles, and defensive ends. You can find guys in the third round. You can probably find somebody in the fourth round, to be honest with you, that will wreak some havoc. But if you get guys in the first two rounds, man, based on this draft, you can get a guy in the second round that probably can be a guy that can get double-digit sacks for you. That's how deep this draft is when it comes to the defensive line. And we know the Saints need help on the defensive line. That's the reason why I'm telling folks, well, they like, man, well, why don't you draft one in the first round? Because it's a deep draft. If Look, if you need a position and it's important and the draft isn't deep at that position, you got to strike while the iron hot. So you need to strike while the iron hot for the offensive lineman. But you kind of have some wiggle room when it comes to the defensive line. So to me, that's what I would do. I, I think it's time. It's, it's time for Davenport to go, man. I love Marcus Davenport, and to be quite honest with you, I think that there's a lot of things going on with Marcus Davenport uh, mentally. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I didn't speak to his representation or nothing, but I know what that looks like. And um, the way that he looked uh, towards the end of the season, it just seemed like a guy that's kind of in his head. So hopefully, if you know if the Saints move on from him, he can resurrect his career. He can, you know, get his career going somewhere else. But it, it shouldn't be with the New Orleans Saints. I agree, TJ. Hopefully we can replace Davenport. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't I don't know if they're going to, you know, say replace him um, with uh, Tully, um, uh, Tully, um, but I, I do think that, you know, you, you need to get somebody, if, you know, like a Nolan Smith, um, like a, a Ed Abawe, you know what I'm saying, out of North Northwestern. Uh, he had, look, the guy, he three years, he had two sacks, five sacks, six sacks at the interior position. Dude is a freak of nature. He runs like a 4'4", and um, I, I think that he has really long arms. 
I had opportunity to look at him at the combine. I had opportunity to watch him at the senior bowl. The dude just flies off the tape. Like I know sometimes like we look at so many other guys. We look at the school. We look at the pedigree. We look at the big games. But every now and then you have a guy who kind of slides through, you know, and you you kind of don't really know that much about him and nobody really talk about him. But he he just flies off the tape. And that's that's what Edabawe is. The dude is a beast. So, you know, to me, feel, you know, try to get uh, comfortable with, you know, talking about Ayamada and Edabawe, you know, <laughs> you know, names that are kind of hard to say, but uh, can be very dominant at times. Uh, I agree, TJ. Uh, we need a fat, sloppy defensive tackle that's like 450 pounds like Vita Vea. I just, yeah, I mean, look, Via Vea is a big guy. He can move really well. Um, you know, Ica is another guy, you know, Sika Ica, former LSU Tiger, played for Baylor, is a guy that, you know, was, you know, that I consider, a, you know, the Saints, a guy that the Saints need to consider. Uh, but to me, man, I, I just think that, folks, I just think that the Saints and the NFL – well, the Saints need to transition to the modern-day NFL. That's what they need to do, man. Like, you, you're not really seeing six foot seven, 280-pound defensive ends. You're not really seeing 350-pound uh, defensive tackles like that. Like, Via Vea is good, but you're seeing, like, some of these smaller guys on the interior. They're, they're so athletic that, you know, they can get – Double-digit sacks. That's what I feel like the direction the Saints need to go in. Like, come on, man. Let's embark on the future. Let's try to get some of these athletic hybrid edge rushes. Or let's try to get ourselves a, a guy who is kind of big on the defensive line, but it can move and got some, got some feet, and that can stop the run. You know, let's stop, keep on trying to dig into the crates. Let's try to embark on this new NFL where you have like some of these smaller defensive linemen that can get 15, 16 sacks. Look at the Bosas, right? Look at Joey. Look at Nick, right? I mean, look at TJ White. I mean, these guys aren't 280. These guys ain't 300 pounds, right? They like 230, 240. And they around this thing pushing around 300 pound linemen like they're little children. That is what the NFL is looking like. That, that is what the new wave is. And I'm not saying that there's not a spot for the guys like the Tano Passios, the, the Cam Jordans, the, the Davenports, and the Turners. All I'm saying is you have guys out here that are fast. They, you know, they quick, you know, they quick off the draw. They can get past these offensive linemen. They're in the backfield by the time the offensive linemen put their hands out. So why not try to do your due diligence to get a guy like that? Cam Jordan should not be leaned on as much as he is at 30-plus years old. This should be Cam Jordan's victory lap. I keep saying this. Cam Jordan should be still busy defensively, but he shouldn't be – it shouldn't be to a point where we like, where's Cam Jordan? Where Cam Jordan at? Like – Cam Jordan should be able to take a little bit of a victory lap, still handle his business, but it should be up to these, these young guys. It should be the young bulls out there 
that's getting double digit sacks consistently. It should be the young bulls that's out here that's getting constant pro bowl consideration, all pro considerations. This should be the time where Cam Jordan is basically just, you know, building up his Hall of Fame resume. And at the same time, these younger bulls helping this man get to the Super Bowl. For example, Matthias Kiwanuka, New York Giants, Justin Tuck, Spikes, all those big guys on the defensive line. And then you had Michael Strahan, who was at the tail end of his career. The Tucks, the Kiwanukas, those guys were the ones that were hunting. And then you had every now and then you had, you know, Michael Strahan. Oh, Michael Strahan surpasses, you know, Dexter Manley. Oh, he surpasses this guy, you know, for on the all-time sack list. That's the way it's supposed to look. But we still relying on Cam Jordan to be Cam Jordan the old, and I feel like that is unfair. That's unfair. That's unfair for us to constantly count on Cam Jordan to be that all-pro guy. It's good. It's good that he is. But how many guys at that age still can play at that level? Cam Jordan is an anomaly. Can you imagine if he, you know, if it didn't work out this way? The Saints will really be in trouble. So that's what they need, man. They need them young bulls to hunt. And you get them young bulls hunting, and Cam Jordan can kind of, you know, just go out there and play free. And I'm pretty sure he's still going to put pressure on himself because that's what Hall of Fame talent guys do. But we shouldn't be looking for Cam Jordan to be out here getting 20 sacks a year, right? He should just be doing his thing, you know, adding it up, racking them up, and these guys should be carrying this guy, you know, you know, I won't say carry him like, you know, like, you know, like he ain't nothing, but basically taking up the grunt work. It's, it's almost like, you know, like my, my grandpa, right? I work with my grandpa. Some of y'all don't know my grandpa. My grandfather was a contractor, right? And my grandfather, you know, man, he went up and down them ladders for like 35, 40 years before, you know, I was old enough to even get put to work right and you know you got them big old sheets of sheet rock you know and we getting them off the back of the truck you know man shoot like granddaddy you know we, we appreciate you but let me do it let me and let me and ej do it let me and sam do it you know like let me and my uncles do it you know like yeah you can still do it but look man we're a little bit we're a little bit younger you know like we we can get we can bring this stuff inside you know it's not like you know my grandpa still putting in the work and still, you know, still to this day, he's still working at, you know, at his age. But I'm just saying, like, it's time for the young bulls to bring the sheetrock in the house, if I can use that example. And that's what the Saints need when it comes to the defensive line. That's why Cam Jordan is always lobbying for some pieces on the defensive players around him. He mainly wants a defensive lineman. He knows that uh, this just as well as you do. Exactly. Man should be carrying a weight like that no more. I mean, he he can, but come on, man. More like John Randall and Warren Sapp when you mention LT and Reggie. Whoa, buddy. Let's see. Everybody needs to get carried sometimes. Yeah. Especially if you've been carried. Like, man, it, like, let's let's put this thing into perspective before we get out of here. Cam Jordan been carrying she rocking to the house by herself for at least five years. Like, seriously, man, he, he's been doing that on his own. Ain't no, for the most part, nobody got on the opposite side to help him carry that she rock into the house. This man has been carrying this defensive line 
we I know we all remember when he, you know, when he missed that game versus Miami and he came back and he just started wreaking havoc, right? So this man has been carrying that defensive line for the most part on his back for the majority of his career. And it's time for these young guys who get drafted in the first round to pick up the tab. And if they're not picking up the tab, let's try to find some guys that's, that's not afraid to pick up the bill. But final thought about the whole Derek Carr situation. Derek Carr can lead the Saints to the Super Bowl if the New Orleans Saints put pieces around him. I'm not saying that he can do it alone. I feel like that's wishful thinking in my humble opinion. But if you put pieces around him, the defense can replicate what they did last year. You get a good running game. You improve the offensive line. You draft yourself some guys that can be on the defensive line to wreak some havoc. If the secondary can get a little bit better, maybe add a safety. Maybe some of these guys can take a step forward. Maybe a guy like Paulson Adebo will have a better season in year three. Then I think that the New Orleans Saints can do it. And also, you got to win. This is a must. You have to win the battle of attrition. The Saints versus the battle of attrition, it's been a first-round knockout for the last three years. Seriously, it has been a first-round knockout for the last three years when it comes to the battle of attrition. Seriously, this has been Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. This, that, that's what it's been. Uh, you know, it's been, a, it's been a war, but it's been a, a knockout, and the Saints have been getting knocked out for the last three years. They got to win the battle of attrition. If they don't win that, you ain't getting nothing, period. So let's just try to see if we can actually get to that particular point. But thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate it. Shouts out to everybody here. I ask that you hit the like button on your way out. Shouts out to everybody that's checking out the State of the Saints podcast that may not be uh, checking it out uh, live. You might even end up checking it out later on. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time out. Those that are at the gym, those that are at the car in a car, riding home, wherever you're going right now, thank you so much. Thank you for allowing the State of the Saints podcast to be a part of your listening pleasure. Thank you so much for allowing the State of the Saints podcast uh, to be, you know, a part of your rotation. Uh, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com, search the State of the Saints podcast network, facebook.com, search the State of the Saints podcast network, previous episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. Uh, on Friday, we got a special guest coming to the State of the Saints podcast, 2.30 Eastern Standard Time. We got Emory Hunt from CBS Sports. He will be on the show to talk a little bit about the Derek Carr signing and what he feel like the, the overall condition of the New Orleans Saints is as of right now. Based on the signing, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the NFL draft and so much more. Make sure that you check out the State of Saints podcast on Friday. Emory Hunt from CBS Sports will be here, and uh, I really do appreciate it. And those that want to interact with me, you can always do so by going to Twitter and, and also following me at TJAYJones8. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that?